Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming back to the Rainmaker Podcast. We do this for you every Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We bring you um, some great folks in the industry, some heavy hitters, and today it's exactly the same, but we've got a great one for you today. David Duford is with us. David, how you doing, my friend? Thanks so much for being on the show with us yeah. today. Thanks, Earl. Appreciate you having me. Hey, man. Um, look, first of all, I mean, I've watched your content for years at this point, um, and I've consumed a lot of it, like so many other life insurance agents that are out appreciate there. Yeah, not a problem at all. Uh, David, what even gave you the inspiration to, to really start YouTube? Because you don't see that many life insurance agents you know, that are out in the field or doing whatever on YouTube. What was the evolution of that for you? You know, it's funny. I saw a competitor put a video out and it was doing essentially what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about some element of the sales process. And I thought, what an idiot. Why would he give away his stuff for free? And I, I, I contemplated on that. And that was like the devil on the shoulder. You know, ah, he's dumb. Don't do that. And the angel, the opportunist in me was like, that's actually the best thing ever because why would you trust anybody in, in recruiting insurance agents anyway? What better way to build trust and rapport and create a connection than sharing what you've learned and, and helping people with that expectation in return, yeah. just back to the fundamental principles that we all know are true. And so that kind of inspired me to get to the point where um, I'm going to be doing some content, helping people. And I know long term, if I just stick to that fundamental principle that, you know, you'll, you'll receive something back and it's absolutely worked. Yeah, definitely. What were you doing before the whole, the whole insurance thing? And, and, and what was that transition like for you going from what you were doing before to getting into life insurance and why? Yeah. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial people. Um, the last thing I ever wanted was a job. And uh, prior to insurance sales, I was a personal trainer. I had a gym in the basement. I was across the street from a uh, psych ward. <laughs> there was a vegan, uh, a vegan restaurant above me. It was great times. I was young, making a little bit of money. I mean, good for a twenty young 20-year-old man. And then the Great Recession hit. You remember that, right, Earl? I mean, oh yeah, I was real around. estate. I wasn't around for the collapsed. first one, but uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that one. <laughs> the other one, another ten years ago. Yeah, that hit me bad. It took about wow. a year or two, but I, I, I watched as I had no control over my clientele and losing them, and mm -hmm. out the door they went, and I got desperate. And what do desperate people do? They sell insurance. So I ended up in final expense doing research and really liked it. You know, I could be an entrepreneur still run my own business. It, it didn't seem that complex. I just had to go out and work. I could do that, you know? So that's kind of what drew me to insurance. I just, I didn't want to work for anybody. I, I, I yeah. wanted to have a business and, and I got desperate. Wow. One of the things that I've been trying to convey to so many different um, life insurance agents um, over the past couple of years now is is actually about starting a YouTube channel, not, not to maybe coach or maybe not even to recruit, but just to inform potential clients. Have you ever had those types of discussion with, discussions with agents to, to potentially do something like that and take advantage of social in that manner? Yeah, I mean, it's not a strategy we teach, mm -hmm. but I would argue there there is an opportunity out there even today 
Um, how you go about it has probably changed since the advent of YouTube. You know, strategically, it's more competitive because there's more, you know, things on YouTube and other media that's vying for attention. So you have to be a little more creative in how you get the message out. But yeah, there's, I think it's relatively untapped. The question becomes, well, how do you go about doing it in a way to get attention and eyeballs? And that's kind of where the, and I can talk on that and give you some ideas and go, opinions please. on that. But, so here's the thing. I think it, it, if you go out there and start creating content on YouTube where it's like, what's the best life insurance plan? Or if you sell something like Medicare, like what's the best Medicare plan? You're competing with a lot of other people for the same content. And it's not that you're not going to get traffic. It's just that if, if you know anything about what's called search engine optimization, yeah. usually people think about Google that way. YouTube's the same way. If there are certain keywords, if you think of people typing in something into YouTube that are going to be more competitive, life insurance is going to be more competitive than life insurance for a senior living in Atlanta, Georgia, right? That's mm -hmm. called a long tail keyword. There's less traffic there, but there's also a lot more intent because somebody who's that specific is probably really interested. So it comes down to keyword analysis, looking at what's competitive and what's not. Um, but also with YouTube, I think there's another element to it where instead of targeting direct keywords for high intent keyword uh, 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 type of traffic to go a step above, kind of a realm above that hits the same traffic or same mm -hmm. type of prospect, but isn't necessarily all about burial insurance. And I'll give you a perfect example. There is a creator on YouTube and she would be a multimillionaire if she just realized what she's missing out on with insurance. Wow. She targets the low income market. So she talks about how to maximize food stamp uh, benefits. She talks about maximizing social security. She talks about um, all these issues that are related to the clientele that we deal with. And she's got 50,000, 60,000 subscribers. She's got videos with hundreds of thousands of views. Wow. And if she just like, for example, if you, somebody out there created something like this, because that's not nearly as competitive as life insurance, in my opinion. There's a way to work in somewhere in there that you also help people with Medicare or life insurance or whatever, burial insurance. Yeah. And just yeah. imagine the amount of organic traffic you would get just from that strategy. Nobody's doing that. that and that's, I've looked at that. I'm too busy. I don't have the time. Yeah. You guys don't have to worry about me getting into it. <laughs> that's out there. That's out there. And all, and it takes time. Anything organic takes yeah. time. You look a year, year to two years of just putting out consistent content weekly before something catches fire. Yeah. And that's all you need. Cause then that's when the fun starts and you go viral and you pick up a lot of subs and views. And so, so there's my free advice. Wow. Well, I definitely appreciate it. David, to, to start what you started at, at David from an agency to, to training and things like that. Where does that inspiration come from? from just being a final expense agent one day. And then all of a sudden you say, you know what, there's a bigger calling on my life and I want to pursue something more. I, I tell this to people. And again, I, I guess this is the privilege of, of my family. I knew I was meant to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I just knew it. I, I, I kind of had to be, my dad was, he was successful. Now my mom and dad divorced. So I didn't grow up with the silver spoon. My mom was a nurse, kind of a you know, working class type of person, right? Kind of upbringing. Uh, my dad kind of abandoned me, but I knew his entrepreneurial success later in life. My grandfather was the same way on my mom's side, same with my uncle. 
And so it was kind of just a part of me, you know, like it was my destiny. And that kind of sounds cheesy, but I really believe that like selling insurance, even at the lowest points, I knew I was meant for something great. And I always held that belief, even though I had my ups and downs, I failed out of the business as well in my first year in final expense. Wow. But I just felt it was something that I was meant to do. I didn't know what it meant or where it was going to go. I mean, I haven't had this maniacal plan for the last 10 years that I was going to end up, you know, doing YouTube. I mean, I'm an introvert. You know, I was afraid to call the pizza man back. In the day. Most so of I just, us are, which is ironic. Most really of is, us yeah. out here on YouTube are introverts. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm discovering. So it's it's funny. You know, you know success leaves clues. Everything's learnable. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of went with where things were leading. And, um, and a little bit of luck, man. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I mean, I enjoy what I do and it's it, it, great. It's great. And I know it helps people, but I just, I, to a, to a certain extent, there's certainly luck to it. You know, timing wise, nobody was really doing what's mm -hmm. where there's a lot of competition now on YouTube. You know, that yeah. certainly helped, but, um, yeah, no, I just, I love to work. It's just part of my personality. I love to create, I always have had that kind of disposition. You know, this doesn't feel like work. This is just like me acting oh, out wow. who I am. Yeah. And that's, that's a big deal right there. I mean, with the amount of content that, that you put out to me anyway, it, it's, you have to have a heart for doing this. You know, people that don't, you know, create content don't actually know what it goes, what goes into creating that content, doing keyword research, trying to come up with topics and things of that nature. Where does that drive come from passion just to say, you know what, I got to put out three YouTube videos this week. I got to put out a live stream this week. Well, I mean, the nice thing where I'm at is like, I am the benefactor, you know, I've been doing this since 2014. It's 2022 now. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have the luxury of knowing it works. Right. But it didn't yeah. work to the extent that it does now for three years. Like yeah. I really started picking up steam like 2017, mm -hmm. definitely 2018. That's when I really started just People started noticing me and, and the, yeah. it became exponential, but, um, there's a bit of faith there in doing it. Um, and I mean, now I know it just works, you know, again, where I'm at now, I just know this stuff like really works. Yeah. So I want to do more of it because it's made my business the way it is. And, um, so, and I just love doing it. It's just fun to do. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I love helping people. I love teaching. I love it more than selling insurance, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, and it's just when you love what you do, it's not work and you want to do more of it. Yeah. I mean, obviously you talk to new agents, you talk to people that are, are veterans in the industry, you know, all the time. What are some of the things that you see are, are happening in the industry right now? Maybe that people need to take a hold to or even let go. Yeah. I mean, you know, definitely the biggest thing in mind was embracing the upward trend of virtual remote slash telesales work mm -hmm. being final expense in 2011, you didn't have anything but face to face. And then when the COVID stuff started and people were locked down and concerned, understandably, uh, you had to adapt or die. So one of the things I did, of course, is I, I started, I, I had been involved in telesales. I have a organic website. I generate leads for a little call center that I have. I've always been involved with it, but didn't train agents on it until you know, COVID hit. And then I was like, okay, we're going to take what we've been doing and teach agents to do it because the market has shifted. So to me, that's the big thing. Um, I mean, minor things coming down the pike uh, or even major things. I mean, I'm really bullish on the senior market. I mean, I think we're, we're 
in the senior market, but that is the best market to be in. I don't think the government's going to change anything about Social Security or Medicare, even though there's all this concern about, you know, there's no safety box or lockbox or whatever. Yeah, they've been saying that for 20 years. You know. Yeah, I know nothing's <laughs> changed. And if, and, and if any of these people say we're going to change Medicare and make it less beneficial or cut Social Security benefits, guess what happens to that Congress critter? They get voted right. out for the Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. And I think from a business standpoint, and this is, comes from the Great Recession era, seeing how I lost business, like, in, in, in final expense, Medicare, anything senior markets, baby boomers, that, that you don't have that existential risk nearly as much. So even if things go to crap, which maybe they are right now in many other industries, like we don't feel it. In fact, it's yeah. been fantastic the last couple of years. So I think anything in that market's going to be hot. Um, I, I mean, I, I like it because our clients are going to get paid. They're, they mm-hmm. get a guaranteed check. That's very high odds chance it's going to change. And if it does, I'm going to be in my bunker, you know, and like civil war is going to be started. You know what I mean? Like yeah. things are going to be yeah. real bad if that changes. So that's what you want in a business, guys. And that's kind of why I'm excited to be in this particular element of it. When it when it comes down to the the new agents that are out there, especially the ones that that you're seeing all the time that are coming through your agency, we have a tendency to talk about what it takes to be successful in this industry. And we talk about that a lot. You've been in this for a while. What are some key indicators for you and maybe someone looking at themselves personally that does have some emotional, you know, EQ, what are some of the things that, you know, is an indicator this person doesn't have it. Doesn't have it. Hmm. Mm. Oh man, that's a good question. That's a different one, right? <laughs> so usually it's like, what does it take to be successful? Yeah. What does it take to be a failure? You know? <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, it's it's probably is gonna just like it is with success, it's the mm-hmm. antith, it's the opposite, it's the bad mindset, it's mm-hmm. the negativity, it's the it's the kind of disposition of, you know, the hat the glass is half empty, you know. Like if you come into a performance-based business like this. Where yeah. even the successful agents hear no more than they're going to hear yes. You know, you might not be ready for this business. Um, other things I think that are really important. I mean, for my agency, we teach agents to buy leads or self-generate leads. Um, we're not doing the, you know, sell all your friends and family kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so for us, if you don't have the money to invest in your business, this is, you know, an R stance. It's not a good fit. Yeah. So, you know, every business has costs of doing business. Our business is no different. If you come into this on a Hail Mary without being financially prepared, the odds are against you, you know, yeah. so you need to be set up financially to at least be able to buy leads for long enough to run appointments and make profits so you can reinvest. You know, it's one of those things where, I mean, most everyone that has ever gotten into the life insurance industry has been recruited, you know, in some way, shape or form. And it's always been spun from a, a perspective of it's the only business you can start with no, with no money, um, which, you know, 10 days in, you realize that's really not true. Right. It, you know, for, you know, the 23 year old, 23 year old kid that's out there that's, you know, about to take his test next week or whatever. And you know, what should he be prepared or she be prepared for from a financial perspective just to get going, in your opinion? What should that look like? Well, if we're dealing with a lead-based, purchased lead-based business, I should clarify. Mm-hmm. What I teach agents in final expense and Medicare 
is you need about two to three thousand dollars a month. Now you don't need that all up front. And this is full time, by the mm-hmm. way. Part time less, maybe fifteen hundred to two thousand. And this is monthly expectation to spend, not all up front, but willingness to spend this month to month. Um, so that's that's what I guide them on. Um, I think that's what you need as a bare minimum, whether you're part time or full time, in order to get started. Um, and if you don't got it, there's nothing wrong with starting part time mm-hmm. or or hustling to to pick up a part time job. Like yeah. guys, everybody's hiring out there. There's nobody wants jobs these days. <laughs> that is so, so you true. can go you can go work and you know sacrifice, pay the price a little bit, save up some money, and do it the right way. So there's again, you got to look at different ways to make it work. And if you don't have the money, this business isn't going anywhere. Like we're at the I oh think gosh. yeah I think Earl we're at the tail beginning of what what this is going to be. You know, this isn't the end of the trend. Yeah. This is the beginning, especially if you're in a senior market. So I'm I'm more about like, you got to think about this. You may never get a second chance at this business. Yeah. I, I'm lucky. I failed out. Uh, I hated final expense and I failed. And I had a, a thankfully, thank God, I had a second chance mm-hmm. and it worked. But most people don't get second chances. And the, the way that you make the first chance work and you have the business and you stay in the business permanently is one way is there's of course the mindset stuff, but also the cash flow, the bankroll. And if you got to take the time to get it right, it's worth it. I'm telling you it's worth it. And I can tell you this being on the other side of this, that it's absolutely worth the sacrifice and pain on the short-term level to be financially ready to, to do this business, to give it your best shot. Awesome. Well, David, I know everyone can reach you at daviddeford.com. How else are they able to reach out to you? Or if someone wants to connect with you, how would you like them to do that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, probably the best way is go to YouTube and just put David Duford into the search box and then go down the black hole of all my videos. And then wherever you end up, hopefully you and I will talk sometimes. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I mean, you see the, the uh, spelling of his name right there on screen, David Duford. Man, thank you so much for being here with me today. I definitely appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks for being with Thanks, us. Thanks, Earl. Appreciate it.